I want to say to you tonight, and I know it and I feel it, and that's why I'm going the way I'm going, and I don't know where I'm going, but God knows, because I said to God tonight, this is your meeting. You know that, don't you? This is God's meeting. You know that, don't you? He is Lord. He is Lord. And sometimes we have a resistance. You know that the enemy likes to resist us. Do you know that? In everything. He comes against. Yeah? He wants to resist. And Jesus says that we lift his name higher as we submit to God. Amen? Yeah? Then we resist the enemy. Yeah? And what does he do? He skips away. No, he flees. He runs. He runs. He runs. I want to tell you tonight, lift the name of Jesus. Come on, do it again, people. Come on, we're lifting your name tonight. We're lifting your name tonight. We are honoring you. We are giving you the place of honor tonight in our hearts first. The place of honor in our hearts, over our lives. And I right now, in Jesus' name, declare that this land belongs to Jesus. This land belongs to Jesus. This land belongs to Jesus. You've not, you've not caught it. You're going to catch it by the end of this evening. All right? You're going to catch it by the end of this evening. Yeah? You're going to get it. You're going to get this old bird here. What she means and where she's coming from. I was in a prayer meeting on Saturday. Um, and um, you will find out a bit more about what's happening. And it's not a secret. But I just bless God for a group of ladies that God has joined me to. Yeah? And it's been God himself that's joined me to them. As you know, we ran for many, many years. 11 years, I think it is. Um, just last weekend... Um, we ran a stilettos conference. It was birthed here in North Plymouth Community Church and it was put into the heart of Leah. And as you know, Leah moved on and Nath and family moved on to France. And North Plymouth, the church at the time, in us at the time, didn't feel to end that conference. We felt we should keep going with it. And then COVID came. <laughs> and then we didn't run it, um, obviously, for, for, for lots of reasons. And um, just prior to uh, um, our last conference, we'd started, the core team as it was then, it started to talk differently. We knew it was time for change. And we, we sensed that there was, um, we were going to do, we talked about some of the changes that we would probably bring about. And then, as I say, COVID happened. And I never, ever felt to say that stilettos had ended. But in my heart, what I realised was, um, by the Spirit of God, um, was that stilettos had come to an end. But actually, God's desire for women hadn't. Yeah? And, and, and he realigned me. Um, and out of the blue, <laughs> coincidence, Dan, a lady calls me, and some of you will know the lady and, lady and some of you won't, but she's 75. And that's okay, isn't it? And she's got a mandate from God. Yeah? She got a mandate from God. Don't ever think you're too old. And she called me to her house for coffee. And I went to her house for coffee all oh, way back now, last summer. And I didn't know what I was going to. 
and I didn't know what I was letting myself into. But anyway, I decided I would. So I've joined a group of ladies, and I didn't know. Well, I, I, did, I, I know some of them. Three of them I didn't know, and before we know it, we've got a core group. And guess what? We're listening to God. We have spent since last summer listening, hearing, asking, what, God, what are you saying? And I want to tell you, people, it's powerful. It's already powerful. There's seven of us that meet regularly. And we've been praying and we've been asking and we've been seeking. And something happened in me on Saturday as we started to pray. And we started to believe God and ask God and seek his face for the land that he has given us. Yeah? But first of all, ever before that land is given to us, we've got to deal with the land of our hearts. Yeah? And I want to say to you tonight that we have an enemy of our soul who comes into our lives and wants to occupy us. Jesus saved me. Yeah? All of me. But I've got rooms in my house. Yeah? And sometimes those rooms have been occupied by other things. Yeah? And I want to tell you that Jesus wants all of me. And he wants all of you. Yeah? And he's looking. And as we prayed, um, I just felt to release something in my heart that I didn't even consider before. And as then we started to do that, we started to pray for other things. And before we knew it, we prayed really powerfully for a church in this city where, where one of two of the particular ladies go to that church. And I want to tell you, God started to show us things and how much the enemy is resisting us and coming against us. And it started, I started to see that just, and, um, and Dan talked from Joshua on Sunday, um, and I went back home and I started reading the, the, the book of Joshua, and I looked it up and I looked about um, what the history was. And the story of it that, that we read about in Joshua starts, it begins with Israel, ready to enter the promised land. They're right on the edge. They're ready to enter Canaan. Yeah? That's, that's where? That's, that's the beginning of the book of Joshua. They've been without a homeland for 400 years. They've been living in bondage in Egypt. Under the pharaohs, they've been wandering aimlessly through the desert. And um, years earlier, God promised Abraham. He said, I'm going to give you Canaan. What's God promised you tonight? What's he said he's going to give you tonight? Individually. As a church. As a city. What has God said he's going to give you? What has he promised you tonight? And now they're on the threshold of receiving the promise. 
the promised land is in sight. The book of Joshua teaches us something about the fulfillment of God's promises. And that is that they're dependent on our cooperation. Yeah? Our cooperation. What does that look like? Our obedience. Yeah? And when you read the Old Testament, it tells us that in obedience there is blessing. In disobedience there is cursing. And the principle remains the same today. Yeah? The blessings are a victory of inheritance, abundance, provision, peace and rest. God bless him on that bike. Keep him safe. Faithful meditations on his word and faithful obedience to his commands are key to the blessing that's in abundance. And sometimes I know I'm not obedient. Blessing follows obedience. Judgment follows disobedience. I believe it's the same today. Although we live in days of grace, the principles that God sets in his word are the same. So, Joshua provided valuable lessons. I'm, I'm going to skip some of this. And what the book of Joshua teaches us is that together we can Together, we can. Yeah? With God, we can. With each other, we can do this. We can possess the land. It says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. What has God given you? What has God promised you? Has he promised you family salvation? Has he promised that you will see family members come into the care? Has he given that to you? Are you guarding it? Are you keeping it? Are you watching over that which God has given you? The land of Canaan is a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah? And, you know, God has come into our lives and he's broken the chains of the enemy, hasn't he? But we still need to resist his onslaughts. As believers, we can still be affected by the enemy of our soul. And sometimes we need to get others to come and pray with us and stand alongside us as we see him break chains yet again. For whatever reason, those chains have come upon us. You know, our lives are occupied by habits, by thought patterns, by attitudes, by sin. And none of those things will easily submit to Jesus. It's the truth, isn't it? Come on. Just talk about a bad attitude. By the, by, by the time you've, you know, worked its full thing, you feel justified about your bad attitude, don't you? Well, flipping heck, they were horrible to me. They said that to me. So it was okay, isn't it, Jackie? I mean, come on, if I told you, you'd agree with me. And that's exactly what becomes a stronghold. 
becomes a stronghold and we have trouble resisting. We have trouble submitting to God. And that's the first thing to do when we are faced with an enemy something that comes into our lives. It says submit to God. Yeah? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know we've got some squatters in our land. Yeah? And we get so cross and angry and worked up, yet God has given us the strategy to deal with it. Yeah? He's given us the strategy. He tells us what we need to do to deal with the attitudes of our heart, the sin in our lives, the squatters that are in there. We've got some rebellious giants, haven't we? Yeah? No wonder we must first submit to God. I want to tell you tonight, until you, till you get righteously indignant about those squatters. You know, would you have squatters in your house at home? But squatters move in. Take up residence. Take over. They don't care. They treat your home like it's theirs, don't they? Stay quiet. There are squatters in the land. But do you know the problem, and I'm seeing this, I believe that the Spirit of God has been giving me some discernment recently around this. How many believers are allowing squatters in their land and they are coexisting with Jesus and the squatter. They're accepting things in their lives and there's, there's only ever part victory. There's never total victory. Because just when you think you've cracked it, oh, just give it a little while and it's back again. Yeah? You've never really wasted that squatter out. And it's not God's job to do that. God, God wants us to cooperate, to together work with him, walk with him. Not living in partial victory. We've got to let God root things out. And together we can do it. And together we can walk in victory and triumph. Yeah? But it's so much easier just to say, oh, live and let live. Just, uh, I just can't be bothered to do this battle now. But that very attitude heaps more upon us. Yeah? Until we end up being defeated. Yeah? You see, when we allow our old nature, which is what it is, to rule in our land, 
with all of those bad thoughts and bad attitudes and all those things that we know are not of the kingdom of God, then gradually it starts to take over a bit more space in our house. And a bit more is given over because it's just easier not to have to, you know, just, I can't live and let live. But we got some lessons here from the Israelites that when they obeyed God and trusted him to fight for them, you see, that's the cooperation. They're obeying, God doing the fighting. The miraculous happened. It's in the word. It's in the word. My bit's the obeying, their bit's the obeying. God does the work. And the miraculous happens. It's in the word, throughout the word. We see miraculous deliverance. I've seen miraculous deliverance. Not just in my life, but in the lives of others. I was so blessed last Thursday night. Rob and I went to the, um, what did we go to? That's it, um, the churches together in Plymouth annual unity service. Big word, isn't it? Anyway, there was so... Well, Rob gave up in the end. <laughs> I just knew a few people there. Anyway, it was such a blessed evening. It was really amazing. But one particular lady came up to me, didn't she? You, you'll know this lady, Helen. And every time I see her now, and I've seen her quite frequently at different things, she gives me the biggest hug. And this week she said to me, 20 years ago, you came to my house. We went together. And you prayed with me. And I was in a bad place. And it was the turning point in my life. Do you know, for me, that was better than a box of chocolates or a bunch of flowers. I was praising her. She said it to you as well, Rob, didn't she? That was, for me, that was everything. That was wonderful. That was marvellous. I haven't seen this lady. I have more so recently because we just seem to have connected through different things I've been going to and she's been out as well. But what I'm saying is, you know, you know when God's delivered you? She can remember 20, 20 years ago receiving a deliverance that turned her whole life around. Helen took me, said, come, this lady needs help. We helped her. She was delivered. Her life took another path. You know when you're delivered. I want to tell you there are miracles out there. If you want them. If you'll contest. If you'll stand. Having done all, if you'll stand. They're there. I believe that. I said just now, when we fail to obey God, then what we receive is an incomplete victory. I'm not talking about the victory because, you see, Jesus has won the victory for us. We're not not contending for that. We're coming from the base of victory, aren't we? Yeah? But what I'm saying is, what are the things in your life, in your family, in your experience, in your situation? You know, are you saying, oh, live and let live? It's just the way it is. It's the way they are. It's the way I am. Or are you contending for complete and total victory? 
We've got to take the land, people. I'm discovering this. We've got to take the land completely. And it's warfare. We've got to take possession of it personally first. Because I believe, just as I believe that, 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 that God's desire for the women to come together in this city and it's going to look different and it's not going to be the same, but it's still God's desire. It's not changed. It's not changed. And there's a desire there's a, there's a stirring, there's a rippling in women all over that are looking to see what God is saying. You know, I've got to be honest and say, there have been, I believe, areas in my life where I've allowed the enemy to dwell. Oh, that's shocking, isn't it? Bet you have as well. Bet your bottom dollar you have. Shocking, isn't it? I'm challenged with it, but it's true. We allow him to dwell there when we refuse to forgive. When we refuse to deal with an injustice and bury our head in the sand. When we continue with a habit or a sin. When we do things that we know are in direct disobedience to what God would have for us. And we've allowed the enemy to dwell and we wonder why we only have partial victory for a little while. Yeah? Do you know... Jesus has come to set us completely free, 100%. Completely, utterly, totally. But this side of heaven, I keep saying that phrase lately. It seems to be that in situations and conversations with people, I keep saying this side of heaven. Because you see, we are being built. God has put eternity in our hearts. And he's building us for eternity. But this side of heaven. This side of heaven, we are going to know onslaughts and attacks from the enemy of our soul. And it will look different at different times and in different ways. But nonetheless, we are going to know those attacks. It says here, if I can find it. Somewhere. Um, just in case you needed reminding, but, you know, sometimes we want to skip these things and we just want to sort of gloss them over because... It's hard. I can't find the one that I'm looking for. I will in a minute. I've written it down somewhere. I'll come back to it in a minute. Um, but this side of heaven, we are going to have those, those times when the enemy 
will come against us, when he will seek to overpower us, when he will seek to actually gain ground in our lives. And, and we, know, we know it. But it says in the... Uh, we'll go to the first book of Peter first. It says in the first book of Peter, chapter 5, and verses 8 and 9, what we're to do about the enemy in our soul. What we are to do when, when we know he's standing against us, when we sense and feel that he is, is coming against us to, to bring us down. When we recognise sometimes that the attack is even harder and more difficult to withstand than others. It says that to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Look, <laughs> We've got to nail this one. He's out for our demise. That's it. He's out to bring us down. You want to live and let live, then, then you will know something of that. And the word says, resist him. And be steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I've been especially um, recently in a, in a situation with somebody that is going through a really difficult time. And I was quite surprised at the way I felt to pray for them initially. And, 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 and I prayed about comfort, and I prayed about peace, and I prayed all of those things. But I've especially in my heart felt to pray that their faith would not fail. Because you see, that tells me your faith can fail. Because it's in the word, isn't it? It's when Jesus spoke to Peter before he went and denied him. He said, and I pray for you that your faith will not fail. And before the cock crowed thrice, he denied him, didn't he? But he came back. And when he came back, he came back stronger. And he said, you're going to strengthen your brethren. But I'm telling you, our faith can fail. It's got to be possible. Because Jesus had to pray that his faith would not fail. And what a prayer to pray. You know, the, uh, the, the thing when somebody is in difficulty, when somebody's going through a trial, when there are great things, even in my own life, you know, we, we want to be comforted. We want to be smoothed down. We want to be made to feel better, naturally. But to pray that faith will not fail. I think that's something that's come from the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Because that wouldn't be my first thought. But when you break it down, for each one of us to have a faith that will not fail in spite of, is building us for the other side. It's building us for heaven. We're told to be strong. We're told to be alert. We're told in the word again and again, not to be caught off guard. 
We're told it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. And I've been hearing this a few times again. I want to tell you, our God, through Jesus and through his Holy Spirit, has a strategy of how to stand against the enemy. Yeah? And if we are obeying him and if we are asking Jesus for his help and if we are genuinely submitting our life to God, then the enemy is fleeing. That's why we praise. That's why we worship. That's why we magnify the name of Jesus the most when we're in the hardest of places. Yeah? As we do those things, the enemy flees. And we are getting ourselves ready and in a position to hear what God has to say. And usually, I want to say to you that his strategies are the simplest of things. Yeah? I mean, the strategy... Uh, uh, well, perhaps it's just me. Have you come up with some strategies before? Are you going to deal with something? I mean, my guess will complicate complicated and so convoluted. I mean, nobody would stand a chance if, if I worked by my strategy. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? And then God just gives you that one-liner. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Do it God's way. It's easy. Anybody, the smallest child, can hear God say, just, just do just do this, because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we need to be filled with his spirit. And we need to push back the dark. Look, there is darkness. And most days we don't want to dwell on that and we don't want to think on that. And I'm not saying that that should fill our thoughts and fill our minds. But what I'm saying is don't be surprised. I think sometimes believers are so surprised when things come against, when, you know, when things stand against, when things happen. And the word says that we're to be alert. And if you're alert, you're not going to be surprised. Be alert. Push back the darkness, praise him, worship him. You know, we've got examples through the word again. There's Paul and Silas in that prison cell. Everything to be grumpy and miserable about. It stank. They didn't have food. That It was miserable. I mean, that back that then it was proper, well, it was holes in the ground, I think, wasn't it? It was miserable. It was nothing like the prisons today. They're hotels in comparison. Yeah? But they praised God. They praised God. And God opened those prison doors. They were shackled. It's a, it, it, it's a picture for us, yeah? If stuff is shackled us, then, then, then don't be worried about that. Don't be worried about it, but come to Jesus about it and to ask him to break the chain. You know, he sent, he sent an earthquake that night to break open those prison doors. And I tell you what, the jailer and his whole family got saved when God moves. Salvation is always somewhere in that journey. There's countless stories in the word. There's countless stories in our history. There's countless stories around us how God is delivered from dangerous situations. Put your hand up if you've been delivered from a dangerous situation. I have. Yeah. Yeah. 
God delivers us because he sends his angels. You were delivered from a dangerous situation. The enemy never has the final word. Never. Because we're secure in God's hand. We're secure in his plan. Here we go. I found the scripture I was looking for. Look, we don't talk about these things very often, but we need need to understand. We need to know um, that we have an enemy that's out to bring us down. Um, Look, very often what he'll do it, how, how he will do it is, is, is through something that we're walking through. Yeah? It might be. It might be health. It might be a sickness thing. It might be waiting on God for a promise. It, it, may, be, it may be through relationships. You might have fallen out with somebody. You know, it might be through unforgiveness in your heart it could be it could be through many many ways but the enemy will find a way to come in and try to bring us down and it says this for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood know the scripture don't we but we do forget it don't we we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You see, it's not all Satan. He's got demons, lots of them. Yeah? And... When these things come against us, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So what's it telling us? That there is something else operating, yeah? That is coming against us. But they're just always like that. Live and let live. Okay. Jesus will let you. But you'll only have partial victory. You'll only have partial victory. It won't be complete. And I just don't mean in that area of your life. It will be a knock-on effect in other areas of your life. It's the truth. It's the truth of the word. We're told to resist the devil. Yeah? Through every struggle, every obstacle, everything we face, God is producing us producing in us greater strength, perseverance, wisdom, and might. And that's just some of the things, yeah? Yeah? He promises that in the difficult season, there will be good. Because he is good. Yeah? The enemy will be silenced, His plans crushed and God will receive the glory for the great things that he has done. That has to be our focus. We have to recognize that in the hardest of times and the most difficult places, when we cooperate with God and do it his way, then the enemy is silenced. His plans are crushed. And God will receive the glory for the great things that he has done. God is good. He 
he doesn't want us to be caught off guard. He wants us living for him. He wants us to understand that, yeah, we can't do things. We need his strength. We need his help. We need him to work in us, yeah? And he doesn't want us to be afraid of the attacks, but he wants us to know that every place where you have set your foot will be yours. Where have you placed a stake tonight? Yeah? Where are you looking for a change? Where are you looking for an answer? Are you declaring already that there's going to be victory? Are you saying, God has promised me this land? Yeah? He wants to release us into something new, I believe. And we know that Joshua, it says in in the book of Joshua, I think it's in chapter 11 and verse 16, that Joshua took all the land. Jesus wants all of the land in us. All of it, every part of it. And it also says in in, in, um, Joshua chapter 17 and verse 12 that the Manassites were not able to occupy these towns for the Canaanites were determined to live in that region. You know, we've got some stubborn giants in our land. We've got some stubborn areas that do not want to give up easily. Yeah? Yet God calls us to resist. I, I read this and I started to weigh this up. I meant to ask Rob this, actually, but I know that he knows it. <laughs> well, not that he knows it, but I knows, know that he agrees with it. Have you noticed that everywhere that I've been bringing to you tonight, what are we to do with the devil? Submit to God. Resist. I read this and I started looking up a few things. The Bible does not give Christians the authority to rebuke the devil. I've heard it though so much from believers. And then I thought about myself. I thought, yeah, I've done it myself. The Bible does not give Christians the authority to rebuke the devil, only to resist him. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 2 tells us it's the Lord who rebukes Satan. I liked that. Says it again in the book of Jude. Even Michael, one of the most powerful angels, did not accuse Satan, but rather said, the Lord rebuke you. You see, I believe the Spirit of God wants to teach us things so that we are armed. We are told to clothe ourselves in the armor of God and wield the word of God and rely on on his power through prayer. Instead of focusing on the rebuking of the devil, we should focus on resisting him with the full armor of God. I wonder how much trouble we've got ourselves in. 
unknowingly. I wonder. The word very clearly tells us to resist. And then very clearly shows us how to resist. With the word of truth, with the word of God. Yeah, no, I make this stand. But I've, I've heard believers, even recently, I'm not having this, I'm like taking on the enemy, taking on Satan. What? We need to be careful that we're cooperating with God in the way that he's teaching us to cooperate with him. Yeah? Because I think all that happens to the squatters in our land is they just dig their heels in a bit deeper until we do it right. Yeah? Now, God loves us. And he's kind and he's gracious and he's gentle with us. But he wants us to understand and he wants us to know so that we stop living our lives in incomplete victory. He wants us to have total victory over these areas in the land, yeah? And that begins in me. But I want to tell you, if just every one of us here tonight took on board this, what I believe the Spirit of God is saying, and certainly what the Word teaches, if we took it on board for our own selves, then we'd start to see a difference. I believe not just in our own lives, but in the lives of this church, in the lives of our families, in our very own lives, we would be coming through to a place of complete victory. You see, God's made lots of promises about the land. He, he said that they will return from the land of the enemy. So there is a land of the enemy, isn't there? Those who don't yet know Jesus are in the land of the enemy. And there is a land that the Lord has promised us, a land that he's given us to possess. And it actually says in Genesis, Genesis that Abraham was given the land for his offspring. You see, what I take today, I believe, will affect generations to come. Think about it. The word teaches it. The land that I take today will affect my children and my children's children. And the world around us. And the people that we've got influence over. We've got a responsibility, you see. Not to take on the enemy. To resist him. And say, actually, no. No. I'm taking this ground. I'm believing what you have said, God. I am trusting you that they're faithful will not fail I am trusting you Lord God that there's going to be salvation and that the enemy is not going to have his way in that situation I'm trusting you Jesus to make a way and I know Lord more than anybody else that there doesn't seem to be a way but I'm trusting you Jesus because I've got no place else to go because you've made promises you've made promises 
you know, think back, some of you mums and dads here, some of you grandparents maybe, think back to some promises that God's made over your children over the years. I can remember them. We've got families that have got backsliders in them. We've got families that they've, you know, that we've got people that have never been open to the gospel to be able to make a decision for Jesus. There are unsaved. Yeah? And our taking our land is that we might influence their land. Yeah? 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 That our example says to them, no, in spite of, I'm taking this for Jesus. I'm believing you, God. I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm looking to you. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You see, it changes the way you think. It changes the, you know, because if I think that I'm taking on Andy because he's looked at me real funny tonight. Yeah, that was the look. So I, I'm going to have to deal with that because he gave me a look, didn't he? Did you see the look he gave me? Yeah, terrible. But you see, and we've all done it. If you dwell on that for long enough, you'll convince yourself. You know, if I dwelt on that and let that overspill into next week and the week after and the week after, I'll convince myself that Andy doesn't like me at all. Andy just has got no time for me whatsoever. I'd convince myself of that truth, wouldn't I? We've all done it, haven't we? Yeah? So that then becomes a stronghold in my heart and in my mind. So that every time I see Andy, actually there's a wall being built up. Yeah, Joshua talked about walls, the Jericho walls. And you see, it is so easy for the enemy to influence our lives really subtly. And do you know he's a liar? And he is never, ever, 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 ever to be believed. But we do it. In the role of pastor, we've spent years dealing with the lies from the enemy to his saints. Yeah? So I know we do it. We believe it. We're sucked in because, of, oh, let's live and let live. I want to tell you tonight, Jesus wants you to have complete victory. He wants you to see him, to understand who your enemy is, and to appropriately obey the Lord your God. Yeah? And as you obey him, and I'm not saying those answers come straight away because they don't. You know, the way is what we love, isn't it? <laughs> the perseverance, the patience, the, all the rest of it. But you see, in the waiting we come to understand something about our God and an awful lot about ourselves. Yeah? An awful lot about ourselves. But Jesus is for you and not against you. And he will silence the enemy in your life if you do it his way. He will bring blessing. He's promised that. And he will, he will bring blessing victory but there is God's way 
And through, through it all, he wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be filled with the fruit of his spirit. He wants others to see Jesus in us. Yeah? And others will be drawn to Jesus himself. And so, I believe tonight that we've got victory. And victory is ours. Because Canaan is a land of milk and honey. And it has been promised. God, in his faithfulness, sustained the Israelites all those years. And he will do that for us too. His work in our lives is a continual work. And it's supernatural. Amen? And if we reach out, he will talk to us supernaturally. He will give us supernatural strategies. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this lady thing that's come in. We have, you know, it would have been easy just to have gone and said, right, let's pick a day and let's go for that. But there's been a waiting on God. There's been a trust. Because you see, the heart of the team that have come together is this, that there will be deliverance and that women will be freed. And that's God's heart. That's God's heart. So ever before anything's going to hit, you know, what we're going to do, what's going to happen. I want to tell you, this has been prayed over. This has been spoken into. Land has been, been, been taken in the lives of those that are planning it. It's a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah? Because he begins in those that are leading the way first. Yeah? And I want to tell you, it's exciting. It's exciting because God has a plan for this city for the women of this city, for deliverance to come, that we might walk in total freedom. So Joshua took all the land. I want to take all the land, all of it, whatever that looks like, yeah, whatever that means. Let's just pray together before we go home, shall we?